this is probably the last episode of Pretty Much Adult because I need a little breaky poo. Um, it's exhausting existing right now. So I think just adding this extra work is kind of a lot. But I am so excited for this guest. I've been trying to get them on since I had the conception of my podcast. Um, my very special guest, Izzy, is here. Um, do you want to say hi and introduce yourself and talk about you for however long you want? Yes, I'd love to. <laughs> thank you for the introduction. Yeah. Um, thank you for having me. Yeah. I'm excited. I mean, not excited that's your last one, but I'm excited to be on. But yeah, my name's Izzy. Um, I use they, them pronouns. Uh, about me. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I met Michaela through my friend Andrew, yeah. which I met at UCSC, which was a big part of my life, and honestly, I, the reason why I'm here today, mm -hmm. even though I kind of hate UC Santa Cruz, um, the culture there was very queer, which is what I'm here to talk about, or like transness. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I am a recent UCSC graduate, and there I studied um, feminist studies. Um, and legal studies with a concentration in gender and sexuality studies, um, which had a big effect on my identity. Um, so let me just give that little spiel. I have identified as every letter of the LGBT acronym, so I usually just say I am the LGBT. Um, I, am the LGBT. <laughs> I am the LGBT, I have been everyone. But right now, um, I'm bisexual and I'm transgender, um, but I'm non-binary, so it's interesting because I'm a non-binary person who mm -hmm. is medically transitioning, mm -hmm. which isn't very common. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot of debate in the community about that and outside people. Um, but yeah, and then I currently work at this LGBTQ nonprofit where I work with um, gender expansive youth. I'm just a group facilitator and they come, it's a weekly thing, they come talk about their feelings, uh, about their gender or just other stuff that they have going on mm -hmm. that's not necessarily connected to it. Um, and I kind of just sit there and I'm like the trans adult I always wanted in my life because mm -hmm. um, I feel like I've always been trans. I just didn't have the language right. or um, the way transness was portrayed on TV um, was very negative. So there was a lot of like internalized transphobia. And yeah, I'm just gonna keep rambling. That's no, yeah, fine. that's fine. That's, <laughs> that's what we do here. It's fine. Yeah, that's it's, fine. it's really word vomit in recorded form oh, so you love fine. that okay yes i'm so excited for izzy to be on here because you just know things that a lot of people don't know and something i always wanted this podcast to be is very informative and i think a lot of people have an idea of what you know maybe on the outside of what it means to be non-binary what it needs to means to be trans but to actually sit and talk to a person is not something that a lot of people feel comfortable doing in some weird way oh yeah yeah it's weird i feel like it's always like i understand why but i feel when anybody talks to me about trans stuff it's like i'm a sensitive little thing that like might explode if you ask me the wrong question or i'm gonna like or there's a narrative of like the angry trans person mm -hmm. that's gonna be like oh you misgendered me and i don't want to talk right which if that does happen they probably had a bad day, <laughs> and right. it's not like that person. But I feel like it's it's just the media, the way the media portrays transness. Yeah. It's like all sensationalized and like a huge fight. Um, but yeah, whenever it comes to trans questions, it's either very much not asked or mm -hmm. like asked out of fear, mm -hmm. as opposed to learning because they don't want to be shamed or being right. like you're transphobic. Um, or they just feel entitled to know, and it's immediately about your genitals. It's like one or the other. It's like. 
it's yeah. it's it's such a weird thing to navigate um and me i'm a trans masculine person so i have a plethora of privilege that comes with that obviously the people who like you know experience a lot of the most harm in my community is um trans women of color so navigating like being a white latinx person who's also has the privilege to like medically mm -hmm. transition like i disclaimer i don't speak for like all trans people this podcast is based on my experience mm -hmm. um and the questions i'm willing to like answer or talk about or for me personally mm -hmm. izzy and i wouldn't recommend you just go out to like a random person <laughs> that you know is trans and be like hey let me just ask you all these questions yeah really invasive about your life like don't do that unless like they're your friend and right. like, have gone through that um but yeah it's it's interesting and i'm i'm really excited to share because i feel like i've gone through such a weird experience with my gender yeah sexuality and it's been very fluid yeah. and i finally am in a place in my life where i feel like this is like genuinely who i am yeah. and it's so weird that like like i was saying earlier like the coolest thing about me is seen as like <sighs> like a disease mm -hmm. or something that is up for debate mm -hmm. like our rights being and you know going to the supreme court it's just all such a weird yeah. concept very dystopian i yeah. think everything's very dystopian now um but yeah i'm really excited to talk about the things i know because mm -hmm. i'm kind of a nerd <laughs> and like i said earlier I, I did legal studies and one of my big focuses is trans law and i want to be like a lawyer who works on making a lot of like administrative changes mm -hmm. like i've gone through the name process and boy <laughs> in california like it's supposed to be like the most progressive state and it's still like such a hurdle to get things changed yeah. um and it's like it's like you change your birth certificate right mm -hmm. you think or your social security card you're like i changed my social security card yeah and that's like linked to everything like it, that should change my name and every other thing it doesn't you have to change every single thing on your document like i had to change my student loan separately mm -hmm. my bank account separately anything connected to my birth name mm -hmm. i have to change separately and it's not like a one like, one time no thing. it's yeah. like you would think it'd be a lot easier and i think it can be but it's there's reasons why sure. you know yeah they're doing it for a reason yeah um so yeah i hope that answers <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. do you want to talk about a little bit more about your experience um you mentioned that you um have some kids that you are talking to that are kind of experiencing certain things and you're doing the best you can with the resources that yeah. you have but do you want to talk about what your process was to get to where you are right now oh yeah for sure um yeah uh, it's interesting because i was saying when i was younger i knew from a very young age that I was different and I, and then like i grew up in san jose california for like contextualization um and you know we talk about gay folks and stuff so i thought that was like my first reference i was like oh i'm gay i remember like when i was like in fifth grade I was really excited to tell my mom that I had like a crush on this girl in my class. <laughs> and then she picked when she went to go pick me up from school and she used to like always walk me back from school. Um, and during that walk, there was like a gay couple in front of us. It was two women holding hands. Mm -hmm. And then right when I was about to tell my mom like, oh, this reminded me, I was gonna tell my mom. She like was like, oh, that's disgusting. And mm -hmm. she said that in Spanish. And in that moment I was like, oh, this is where I'm repressing. Cause right. I know this is probably what I am. Mm -hmm. um, so I had a conceptualism of me being gay in fifth grade. And then it got really hard when I went into puberty because mm -hmm. I realized that all the changes that a lot of the girls in my class were like super excited about made me extremely uncomfortable. Yeah. Like yeah. the example I always give is like, 
I didn't start wearing bras until somebody in my like PE class told me I should because yeah. I didn't think the growth I was having was like any big deal. I was like, oh, no, I don't need to wear bras. Yeah. They're like, mm, you should like probably wear a sports bra. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and since then, I only wore like sports bras. Mm-hmm. But I didn't think that was binding because I didn't have the language. I was like, oh, I just don't want to have boobs but like that's fine right. I thought thought I was like a butch lesbian because sure. that's all you see I'm yeah. like I was like okay I'll be a butch lesbian I'm gonna go to college it's yeah. gonna be lit yeah so then in high school I was a closeted lesbian I was like I'm gonna work really hard to get into university so I can get out of my household because my household my mom's from Mexico um and she's very she was very at that time I wouldn't say religious, but it's like the fake religious where like it's only selective. Yeah. So she was like, people were like, oh, I don't care about gay people as long as it's not my kids. So she was that narrative. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I need to get the fuck out of here because like Mm -hmm. I knew that I was like so gay. (laughs) So of course I was like, oh, I got into UC Santa Cruz and I'm from San Jose. So Santa Cruz is just the stereotype is like queers with (laughs) weed and all that. And I was like, this is where I'm going because like I tried my hardest in high school to like get the heck out of my mom's house and then I was like okay oh mind you this is so embarrassing because I was in the closet I had like no experience like sexually mm-hmm. like I didn't have my first kiss until college which mm-hmm. itself is a whole story that's embarrassing okay but <laughs> can we pause that really yeah, quickly yeah, yeah. I hear that that is yeah. something that happens yeah. a lot yeah. like it's not it's like a stunted experience because mm-hmm. of yeah. all the oppression and all of like the things yeah. that they were scared to experience so that is something that I think s- people should consider also. Yeah, I was like, yeah, people are like, why do you always talk about being gay? I was like, I didn't talk about being gay for 18 years of my life. Like, I'm allowed to say it. Like, you you're allowed back, to you see. You have back-ordered. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you guys are allowed to see couples make out constantly on, like, TV every day. But, like, gay stuff is always seen as, like, a big thing. Yeah. But, yeah, I was so, like, emotionally, romantically stunted. I was, like, such a baby gay mm-hmm. in college. But then that's when I started experiments, and then I was like, oh, I'm not a lesbian. Because mm-hmm. it was so weird. It was like... I was finally, like, doing romantic stuff with, like, a woman mm-hmm. or, like, a girl. And then the way she was, like, approaching me, she was, like, very much a lesbian. So mm-hmm. she was, like, handling my body, like, right. as if it was a woman. Right. And that made me so uncomfortable. Yeah. And then I was, like, oh, fuck. Else? Yeah. <laughs> I was, like, oh, no, I thought I figured this yeah. out. Like, I had already come out to my mom. Yeah. That was so hard. Yeah. Coming out to my mom the first time as a lesbian, she was, like, you're not my daughter. Get out of my house. Yeah. It was very, very hard. And I was like, now I have to come out to her yeah. as, like, something even, like, worse. And, right. like, not, not not worse, but, like, in her brain, like, right. like more intense. Yeah. Um, so I just, like, held that on the back burner. I was like, well, I was like, it's fine. Like, I'll just – I just decided to, like, socially transition. Yeah. Which, if people don't know what that is, it's, like, you just essentially change your pronouns and the name you go by, but you don't do any other um, step towards a transition. Uh, like medical steps or legal steps so that's what I did I was like I'm just gonna try this out like maybe I'm not trans or like I am trans but there was a point where I was like I don't want to have medical intervention like sure. it's fine when did um, you start doing this around what age um so this was I had all my weird stuff my first year of college so 2015 is when I got in so 2016 was like my lesbian stuff mm-hmm. I was like this is not going well mm-hmm. 2017 was like the year it kind of happened for me and it was the year I like shaved my head, and that was the moment I was like, okay, and not to yeah, be like, yeah, I met you long haired Izzy. Yeah, that was not me, and I feel like <laughs> I look so. D- I feel like if I want to like insert like a photo of me long hair, like I feel like I was so sad and so visibly uncomfortable, yeah. like and awkward as a yeah. human, and I feel like now I'm just, I feel like so normal that it's weird that like people consider being trans not normal because i'm like if you would have met me before right. you would have been like damn that poor kid is going through it <laughs> like are you okay and now i'm just like oh i'm just chill like yeah. i'm just living my life yeah but yeah i come i shaved my head in 2017 i went to new york with a friend in college 
her mom passed away unfortunately i went with her to go help her like um uh sell her mom's stuff mm-hmm. in new york and then i was like i want to shave my head mm-hmm. i had just gotten a, i was i had just gotten like my first partner so i was feeling bold and i was like oh this is fine um and then i shaved my head and i told my mom i was gonna shave my head mm-hmm. but then when, when i came back she was like her jaw literally dropped mm-hmm. <laughs> she was like I've never seen my mom as mad. Maybe as like the first time I came out as a lesbian. She was so pissed. But I was like, I was telling you, I shaved my head. But in that moment, it was so weird because I took a photo and it's on my Snapchat story. Mm-hmm. And well, the day I, sh- I, I shaved my head was Transgender Day of Visibility. No way. Yes. Divine it was so gnarly. <laughs> I said, oh my God. It was like the universe was like, here it is, Izzy. Because when I shaved my head, like my hair was like my, it was like the thing that hid me from sure. everybody. It was like, I hid behind my hair. Yeah. It was the only thing growing up that I got complimented for, mm-hmm. like the only femininity I had. Mm-hmm. And so I thought I needed to have that to be considered, uh, what's it called? Desirable, you know, sure. because yeah. oddly enough, women and their worth is like tied up with In like, hair. Yeah. yeah, it's so fucked, you know? And then I shaved it and I was like, oh, like this is who I've always been. And mm-hmm. like uh, looking masculine, like made me feel so much like myself. And like, I finally felt like I looked in the mirror and saw myself, which is like such a weird out of body experience. And I think that's how people feel like when they go on like fucking LSD and like look in the mirror. I don't know. But I'm like, <laughs> th- I felt that, but that's just like through transness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was 2017. That was just like, I was just socially transitioning. So just, and then I was like, hmm, <laughs> my depression was getting worse. And I think it's because I knew what I I knew there were steps I can do to make myself feel better, sure. but I was so scared of my mother's reaction mm-hmm. because it gets complicated because, like, my mom is undocumented, um, and so was my dad, mm-hmm. and my dad got deported when I was at a young age. My mom had to take care of... I'm the youngest of um, five, mm-hmm. so... She struggled really, like, a lot, and my two older siblings were, like, really bad and did, like, a lot of drugs, and I was, like, the perfect like daughter so I was wanted the, to still, I wanted to keep that yeah. and I had the the child of an immigrant guilt like mm-hmm. I don't want to make her life harder and mm-hmm. she already went through so much and like I don't want to have to come out again and be like oh I'm the trans kid mm-hmm. and do that and I just thought so much about her reaction mm-hmm. and how much that was hurting her and I was like I need to go to therapy yeah because <laughs> I was like this isn't healthy yeah and then luckily enough um I was privileged, and I will say that again, enough to have health insurance through UCSC because I'm poor. <laughs> so I got uh, the free health insurance. And through UCSC, they diagnosed me uh, with gender dysphoria um, or reactive depression due to gender dysphoria. So that's why my depression happened, not because of every other thing in my life. Right. Just because I'm trans, not the other factors that I just told you <laughs> or anything, you know. So then they gave me this, like, white cis dude therapist. And I was like, this isn't going to work yeah. out because I'm just talking about you, I'm talking shit about people like you the entire yeah, time. Yeah. So I was like, can you refer me to somebody else? And then I ended up having to do my own labor and find my own referral because. Mm-hmm. But now I found my therapist who I still have to this day. Mm-hmm. I've been seeing the same therapist for like two years. Um, and yeah, not to plug my therapist, but I can. Harpicini, great in Santa Cruz. <laughs> uh, but my, yeah, my therapist um, was like the first non-binary adult that I've met who mm-hmm. was like happy mm-hmm. and like living and looked good. And like, no. I was like, you're okay. And you look <laughs> like you're like doing, and I was like, it's possible. Cause yeah. it's like, I feel like the thing people don't understand is like when I grew up, not me when I'm like, I'm an old person, I'm 23. <laughs> but when I grew up, um, <laughs> like, um, I don't know if you've heard or people who are watching or listening to this Netflix released like a new documentary about like trans people in media. And I highly recommend it to any cis person. Same. 
to watch it. It's so well done. Um, and you can understand a little bit how it is to like grow up trans. And mm-hmm. like when the first trans person I saw was like a sensationalized episode on Maury when it was like, oh, it's a pregnant man. And that's like such a gross, weird thing. Mm-hmm. And like, how is this possible? And like, you know, you have to tell your wife and like mm-hmm. all these weird things where it's just like, just making fun of the trans person. Sure. And at the time, those people, that was the only way they can get on TV and they wanted to give representation to folks. But in that process, they were being dehumanized. Sure. <laughs> so it's like, so it's like when people say kids these days, this is like a trend. It's like, it's not a trend because these kids actually were able to see themselves in media mm-hmm. and therefore feel the connection. And they're like, hey, that's something I could possibly be because right. it's not negative. Right. When I was younger and saw a pregnant man, Amori, I was like, I don't ever want to be anything like that. Cause, and, and you, you also know? saw the reaction. Exactly. You saw how people reacted. And exactly. You were so, I mean, how could you not? Be? Yeah, right. It's like, oh no, like that's horrendous, and <laughs> and and now I get so happy now that the kid, the kids get to see like Hunter Schaffer on Euphoria and mm-hmm. just be ha- like, that just brings me so much joy that they get to have like better representation. So it's obviously not like a, it's not a trend because like also not to like toot my own horn, but I know a lot about trans history and we've been around for a very very long time. <laughs> there just wasn't words or like Western words sure. for like transness. So it's like that's one thing where I'm like I hate the whole like being trans is a trend it's just now there's more representation yeah and that will happen with anybody if Mm -hmm. you're if you see yourself on tv you'll you know i just didn't have the language for that and the only people i saw on tv was like butch lesbians like Mm -hmm. on the l word or ellen degeneres so i was like that's probably me (laughs) and i didn't realize it wasn't me until i was literally in the hot stuff the hot mess of the lesbian land and i was like perhaps i'm not that (laughs) (laughs) it was a fun time it was a fun time (laughs) no shade to lesbians i love everybody but yeah it was it's it's uh yeah just watch disclosure yeah i definitely recommend it too um there are things that i think me and andrew were actually having this conversation Mm -hmm. because he watched it and i also watched it And there are just things that are portrayed in movies and television and like even I don't even know if it's necessarily the word I want is jokes, Mm -hmm. but it's like these certain nuances that you don't even realize are extremely transphobic. Yes. And it's like I feel like a lot of people who listen to this podcast are minorities. Mm -hmm. That's just what they're made up of. So I think you can identify in a way to know what it's like Mm -hmm. to be made fun of or not to be able to identify with someone who you see on the screen. Mm -hmm. And also know that they're, that's not all there is. So I think that's something that's really important. Again, plugging Netflix. It's, it's really well done and it's like very palatable. It's like all the information's there. It's, I think they did a really good job. It was amazing. Honestly, I feel like, I watched that and I cried many times, but I feel like it opened up an area of my brain that I had like shut away from the trauma because I, I literally forgot about all those boring things. Mm-hmm. And then I watched it and I was like, oh my God. I was yeah. like, that's literally what I did see. I was yeah. like, no wonder. And whew, there are so many weird things growing up where there was like, like I have two older sisters, um, all, all kind of close in age. Mm-hmm. One's, I'm 23, or turning 23. My other sister's 25 and 26. And we used to joke around when we were kids, like, oh, what if we were, like, boys? Because my mom's re- was really patriarchal and wouldn't let us go outside of the house. Mm-hmm. We couldn't leave the house, like, past seven. We couldn't go with friends, any of that. And then uh, she treated our brother so much differently. So we'd have that game where, like, oh, imagine if we were boys. And then my sister would get kind of into it. They'd be like, oh, we can go places, and that'd be cool. And I would get way too into it. I'd be like, oh, my God. Like, and then I could do my hair like this, yeah. and I can wear this. And yeah. then I would get so hyped, and they'd be like, 
all right, like, you want to be a boy a little too much. Yeah. And there were just, like, so many, like, not to be like, oh, because I was masculine, you had to be trans. Not, I'm not saying that. Right. But it's just, like, it's so funny when, like, now that I'm, like, going to be two years into my, like, hormonal transition yeah. that, like, I was like, my life would have been so much easier if I would have known this a lot sooner. Because I yeah. feel like I, my four years in high school, it was, like, every single day I would come home from school, mm-hmm. do my homework, and then cry in my room for, like, four hours yeah. every single day. And <laughs> did you did you even really understand no. why, right? No, it just, I just would, like... It was like I didn't feel pretty. I know I'm handsome now. I'm like I'm a good looking person, but I didn't feel pretty. I felt uncomfortable. It just felt like I don't I didn't have the words to describe it. And I thought it was just because I was gay. Yeah. And I was like, well, I've heard these narratives on like mm-hmm. being gay sucks, mm-hmm. but I wasn't even acting on my gayness, and I still felt that way. Yeah. You know, like because you know some can argue like being gay is an act, and you have to go, sure. which is also bullshit. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> but like being trans is like something. It's like you're you know it's just like ah you know like how do you not stop that? It was just. And also living with, like, feminine sisters was very, like, I was, like, the most masculine Mm -hmm. all the time Mm -hmm. with all my family. Everybody was, like, super feminine because it's, like, a Mexican ideal. So I would always be made fun of by my cousins who are now very sweet to me, Mm -hmm. not if they hear this. They're now very supportive. (laughs) But it's just such a weird turnaround also that people are, like, nicer to me now, too. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's only because they don't want to be seen as, like, transphobic. Or Which, good, yeah. in some ways. <laughs> yeah, but it's I just, like... I hope that that's not yeah, what they I know, want. But I'm like, hmm, you could have helped me when I was yeah. struggling a little bit more. Yeah, that's always... That's really yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, I do want to talk more yeah. about the medical aspect. Oh, yeah, that's something sure. that was... Re- I mean, it's not new to me, but I didn't realize that that is something that y- people had to identify to even be considered... Yeah, it's a <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a whole, <laughs> it's a whole shebang. I mean, realistically, you to be trans, you just don't have to. You know, the definition is you just don't identify with the gender assigned to you at birth. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you're, s- oh my god, I'd, sorry to like derail, but <laughs> one time I called one of my coworkers at like one of my jobs, sis, and he was like. He thought it was an insult, and I was like, "No, that j- literally just means that you're like not trans." And he was like, "Oh, I thought that was like something trans people say, like to insult people." I'm like, "You guys don't even know <laughs> basic." I was like, "No, I'm like you're literally our cisgender. Like, if people who don't know, like being cis is just like you are aligned with your gender assigned uh, at birth, and being trans is that you're not. Like, so trans means opposite, and right. cis is on the same right, side right. of so, you know. So yeah. it's like, come on, learn a little bit. But yeah, <laughs> um, so to be trans, you just have to like you know not identify that you can be fluid. Mm-hmm. There's also a lot of weird inter-community hate where there's like younger generations of trans kids who police other trans kids based on this concept called gender dysphoria Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so it's like to be trans you have to have like uh incongruence with your body in a sense they've changed the definition multiple times it used to be called like gender identity disorder Mm -hmm. and then people fought back saying like it shouldn't be called a disorder because there's nothing wrong with us because it pathologizes it yep so we went to gender dysphoria because it was more focused on like a feeling but it's still now the guidelines are a lot less harsh, but mm-hmm. you still have to be diagnosed with it. Yeah, and gender, the word dysphoria just doesn't sit right with yeah. me in the worst way. Yeah. Because I think it, for me, what that mm-hmm. conceptualizes is like, I'm trying to think of how I'm it's to like, say this in the yeah. best way. I feel like it's like you're defined based on the negativity of mm-hmm. your experience. It's mm-hmm. like, it's like you're not seen as trans unless you hate yourself essentially it's like you have to hate yourself to be trans which is fucked because a lot of people don't feel that way Mm -hmm. and i feel like this generation that's coming up a lot of people you know that everybody's mobilizing on twitter so this is a valid source at this point (laughs) obviously not the news but like the organization on twitter a lot of people are choosing to say like oh i actually have gender euphoria Mm -hmm. instead of gender dysphoria so saying gender euphoria is like you feel great when you do feel validated Mm -hmm. which is such a better way of thinking and like words do matter (laughs) like 
gender dysphoria is just like such a yucky way and knowing that you have to be like diagnosed so for to get like insurance coverage mm-hmm. um and i'm talking about the state of california because i don't know about every other state disclaimer but <laughs> to get like medical coverage you have to be uh diagnosed with that to get it seen as medically necessary yeah so like i have I've got top surgery, so in order to get top surgery, I had to get a letter from my therapist saying I had gender dysphoria and saying that I knew this this process of top surgery and I've been wanting this for like two years and then I'm a capable adult knowing this. And then I had to get a referral from my gender, my transgender specialist person who gives me my hormones Mm -hmm. that I should get covered for the bilateral, uh, the mastectomy because of that. So it's like I had to get two letters. Right. um, But when you start on hormones, when you're an adult, you can do informed consent, which is you don't have to be diagnosed with um, gender dysphoria. But if you're trying to get like a surgery, mm-hmm. you do for insurance. And purposes. then, is there like a, a time frame between that? Do you need to be in Do you need to be in therapy for a specific amount of time, mm. or do you just need to see a therapist to be diagnosed? Is that what the deal is? Yeah, um, I'm gonna speak on it as my experience because when sure. I when I was doing this was as an adult, so I was in college. Mm-hmm. I know that process for children is different because mm-hmm. they have their parents and it's like guardian stuff and mm-hmm. all that jazz um but for me i just it was pretty straightforward <laughs> i lived in santa cruz so it's kind of easy for me to navigate that um i didn't have to be in therapy for i don't think any period of time it was i had already been in, in therapy for like over a year at that point uh-huh. so i don't think it really mattered uh-huh. but before like in the past you had to live like six months as the gender you wanted to be seen as to be approved. And I know in different countries, like the UK has a huge waiting list for like surgeries and, or just going in to get hormones mm-hmm. like a year or two. Like mm-hmm. it's in, cause they're trying to like make people transition less. If you haven't seen UK, UK media is like really anti-trans right really? now. Yeah. It's really bad. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's not good. I follow a lot of like, yeah, I follow Monroe. I forget her last name, but she's a trans model in um, the UK, and they've been just passing a lot of shitty trans stuff. Um, so yeah, it's mine was super straightforward because like at this point I was already an adult. My therapist is non-binary, mm-hmm. so they're super chill in the way they understand like my identity. Mm-hmm. Um, my insurance, my surgery was covered through my insurance with uh, UC Santa Cruz. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, I got my uh surgery covered so it was covered 70 percent of the expense so i had to pay 30 percent out of pocket mm-hmm. the surgery itself was ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars so i only had to pay like three thousand out of pocket so then i set up a gofundme because mm-hmm. <laughs> i was still like towards the end of my thing which luckily a lot of people funded and i was like ooh, i was like this nuance i felt kind of messy because i was like is it because i'm a white trans person that they donated to my gofundme and it probably was um because i was like i've seen a lot of gofundmes go nowhere and oh, i'm yeah. just like oh As even still today yeah yeah we'll, you know? we'll talk about that later. you know i was like it gets really <laughs> i mean i'm very aware of like all my privileges and i know like it's so messed up because like i know i'm just getting off topic at this point but we'll get back to the point yeah i just i grew up my like life being perceived as like a masculine woman mm-hmm. and being treated that way mm-hmm. and like the last one year of my life now i'm seen as like a feminine man <laughs> which is, is such like? a mind fuck isn't that <laughs> wild like your whole life you're seen as a lesbian and then now i'm seen as a gay dude it's just really weird i have to like i'm like very con- like hyper conscious <laughs> of the way i move because yeah. like everything i do is feminine i yeah. guess but like back then it wasn't cons- like i was considered was so manly enough, yeah and i'm like gender so, so mess like and like i'm gonna hit two years on t next month and i was on a zoom call the mm-hmm. other day and i got misgendered and i was like 
I was like, how? <laughs> I was like, I mean, I was like, I'm shooting myself up every week for you to call me she. For, you, for this? For this treatment? For this? I was like, for damn. A sheep? I was yeah. like, you don't know what I've been going through. <laughs> but yeah, sorry, I just lost my train of no, thought. No, it's okay. We were talking about. Oh, yeah, the process yes. of doing that all. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it didn't take long. There's probably more records, more requirements, mm-hmm. but I was doing research and like the requirements have definitely shifted a lot like better i wouldn't say easier they've just been they were just horrible in the past and they've been mm-hmm. slightly getting better because it used to be like you had to be living as that like the gender you wanted to be seen as for like months before you can go on hormones and there was like these huge like the beginning of medicalization of trans people like in the like i don't know if the 30s and 40s there was like different types of trans people mm-hmm. it was like first you were categorized as transvestites mm-hmm. and then t- a type 3 transvestite is called a transsexual and then that transsexual has to hate their body so much and hate their organs, genitals so much, then then they're entitled to get surgery. But you have to hate yourself. And the ones who are entitled to surgery are the people who would try to like castrate themselves constantly. And it's like you literally have to like want to kill yourself, yeah. which is like so warped. And it's like also I just don't understand the argument against trans people because it's like me literally existing my life has no do effect. Do with people. I do nothing. I'm literally just vibing here. Like you don't even like if you saw me. Not that I'm like, ooh, every trans person should pass. I'm not saying that. Yeah. But if you saw me in public, you wouldn't know I was trans. Mm-hmm. You just would be like, oh, and I'm not not doing anything. I'm just existing. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, I don't understand. Like I don't get angry at people who get like angry about yeah like no. Botox. I'm like, I don't care what you do with your body. Like the fact that I took off my boobs, like I didn't want them. Yeah. <laughs> like I, it's, it was like medically necessary for yeah. me because I was like binding every single day. And I have when I got surgery for that, my doctor, my surgeon, who's like a great surgeon in San Francisco, he told me when he was doing like, you know, when they draw on you before surgery, mm-hmm. he was like touching my rib cage. And he was like, oh, he's like, I think because of binding, like one of your ribs are like it's uneven. So like he's like after surgery, you might look slightly uneven. He's like, but that's not something I can fix. He's yeah. like, that is your bones. And that's because I was binding like every single day for like uh, I was, you know, within the hours. But, but I know kids who like bind even above those hours and right. i always like yell at them but they still do it and like yeah. the way you treat your body af- affects like your surgery results sure. because binding really like pushes your skin yeah. and your skin elasticity mm-hmm. helps you recover if you yeah. don't have that your scars get like worse. it's yeah. just like a whole mix-up and it's and it's like i don't know the whole thing of like trans people should we shouldn't pay for trans people surgery because it isn't medically necessary it's like how do you know it's not medically necessary yeah. and like what is medically necessary and also like it's just it's just so infuriating no, I, I <laughs> I'm just like I just don't mean. there's like so many things it's like <sighs> sorry no just, it's I okay it's so funny that you were talking about that because those exact words came out of my mouth yeah. like very recently I was just like anyone who is like homophobic or transphobic I'm just like for what like what is the reason mm. how does that benefit you like but that's with any anyone yeah, truly. who doesn't like a different person like I don't and I don't even like using the word different because yeah, whatever we'll, we can go yeah, on about yeah. this for a long time. But it's that is, I think, what truly bothers me is if it if there's anyone listening who knows someone who has a problem with anyone who's gay or trans or non-binary, just literally ask them why and get to the bottom of it, because I think at the end of the day. For them, it's all fear based, all fear based and ignorance in the sense that they just don't know mm-hmm. any better mm-hmm. and i'm not even defending that it's like i truly feel like it's your job as an ally to say something and to educate that person because 
all you can really say is what anyone does with their life has nothing to do with you. Yeah. Also, the gender binary is a lie that they taught you in school. <laughs> like, truly, the whole, like, there's only two genders. I'm like, no, it's not. It's so complicated. And, like, sex is determined by more than your genitals. It's yep. like chromosomes. It's like... There's so many other things. I'm not Bill Nye, but I could link you to Bill Nye. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just, I feel like people just don't want to be wrong yeah, or I like are so, I don't know if they're so, because here's the thing, working with the kids that I work with, it's like when I hear them talk about their gender or their experience, they just seem so aware. Like they're, they understand themselves so deeply mm -hmm. and it makes me so angry that they can't act on that, you know? Because mm -hmm. I was like, I wish I had that self-awareness as a kid because mm -hmm. I was so lost and they know what they need but they can't do anything about it mm -hmm. because they're like you know kids don't have rights until they emancipate themselves from their parents or yeah. until you turn 18 so yeah. it's just so like um it's very saddening to know i wanted that. this i feel like this is a good transition yeah. and this is a question i'm gonna ask on behalf of my dad <laughs> so my dad wanted he we were talking about um specifically in like fresno unified what they were doing to help make kids who may be non-binary who mm. may be trans mm -hmm. their experience easier at school but just literally on the basis of where they can go to the bathroom mm. and my dad said there was a bunch of drama with that as you know people tend to do but i wanted to see in your humble opinion mm -hmm. like what can people do to help make kids who may identify as trans or non-binary mm -hmm. make i don't even want to say make their lives easier but to make their lives livable mm -hmm. i think would be the best question yeah. what do you think anyone who's an ally can do for those kids yeah for sure also just the bathroom thing like there's been no case ever recorded in history where a trans person went to the bathroom to assault somebody that's not there has been a case of the other way around yep. where cis people come to attack trans let's people talk about that. and i'm over here always scared to go to the bathroom so i'm like let's talk about that y'all are the real fucking creeps <laughs> you're all are the weird ones trying to fight us um but yeah that's a question that it's a hard one yeah. <laughs> um and i feel like when it comes to the kids I speak with, it's like, there's not much I can really tell them, you mm -hmm. know? And and I was talking about this with my therapist because I was like, how do I let them know that I'm here for them and, like, I support them and, like, I want to do all this? And my therapist kind of told me something that was, like, really helpful for me and was just, like, you just being there and listening and, like, validating their, like, mm -hmm. existence mm -hmm. is, like, a lot mm -hmm. that probably they don't even have at home yeah so just if you're an adult who like knows like a trans kid or somebody who's like questioning it just like be very receptive to it and i just hesitate anywhere from saying it's a trend like don't say that like maybe they're just experimenting with it and a couple years it's gonna go away and because that happened with the like, person you know doesn't mean that trans people are a trend exactly. like you know like people are allowed to experiment with it and yeah i just don't treat the kid like they're just super sensitive <laughs> like snowball mm -hmm. as the republicans would say you know yeah. like that's that's another thing and yeah that's something i feel like i need to make <laughs> like i feel like a lot of nonprofit orgs need to do more to like bring this into schools mm -hmm. like, like orgs that like are lgbt focused because mm -hmm. i feel like it's such a big it's such a big problem mm -hmm. that that my like suggestions aren't like as far reaches as, as i would like them like sure. i feel like it needs to be more structured because i feel like so much transphobia is rooted in schools mm -hmm. by just admitting what you teach you know mm -hmm. like 
that's why I do my queer history thing is because mm-hmm. like I didn't learn anything about queer history until I went to college mm-hmm. and not knowing about that just makes you feel like you don't exist and then it feels into that narrative so I feel like it has to be like that one buzzword everything has to be structural but it has to be like a structural yeah. change to the entire like school system because you have to get to the kids because yeah. they're getting bullied mm-hmm. by their classmates who like make fun of them and say like oh are you an attack helicopter or they say one of my kids told me that in uh that one of one of my kids in their class was told that they're that they're like like you're only going to be seen as a girl by me by their teacher like mm-hmm. their little teacher told this kid that you're always going to be seen as a girl in my eyes like you, they already get so much shit yeah you know you don't need to say that yeah like if you feel that way shut the fuck up right. and just yeah. hold it in because yeah. they're a kid <laughs> just like even if like that's the thing it's like you don't need to understand trans people to be nice <laughs> you don't have to like we don't deserve to like, explain that to you, you know yeah what I'm saying? i never understood why that's the first thing people do is like mm-hmm. ostracize mm-hmm. these groups mm-hmm. because they don't understand them. They're this. It's the same. Like yeah. not to be like, what is it? Like everyone's the human yeah. race, but that's literally what it is. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, it's also such like, it's so funny that people get so obsessed with like these genitals define who you are mm-hmm. as a person for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Like truly like one body part defines who you are. Like mm-hmm. cis people, y'all need to think about your identity a little bit more. <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm saying? Like yeah. the fact that, yeah, it's just, it's so, it's so weird. And uh, gender is just so complicated. Yeah. And, and I, I think too, like people have this set way of like mm. what makes a woman and oh, what makes yeah. a man. And it's like, it's all these things that have to do with like very patronizing concepts, like very like machismo concepts, like the man's supposed to do this and a woman's supposed to do this. But there's many factors that are in between those two things that either, you know, like collide or they like kind of cross over into other things. Mm -hmm. So it's like, what what does it even mean to be a man? What does it even mean to be a woman? Does it even it doesn't matter? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the thing. And like, I hate to be like that person who throws that argument out. Yeah. And like, the the whole like intersex people exist argument, right. but that is like very much a thing that is true. It and is. It's it is a true. scientific. It's a scientific fact. fact. There are as many intersex people as there are people with red hair. Like. And the fact that intersex people exist kind of destroys the fact that there is a gender binary to begin with, because mm-hmm. there's people who are born with. Perhaps let's say the sex chromosomes of somebody who would be categorized as male, but then they have genitals of somebody who would be categorized as, you know, a female. Mm-hmm. Like, completely destroys the gender binary. Mm-hmm. Like, what what is what do we do here? And that is natural. Like, that is nature. You mm-hmm. can't say that's a mistake. Like, mm-hmm. that is something because humans, like everything on Earth, are a diverse thing. Like, why are you just crushing the diversity mm-hmm. that's harming nobody? You kind of talked about earlier how there needs to be structure in education, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of um lgbt history that people don't know do i kind of want you to talk more about that i kind of want you to talk more about not even what you feel is most important but it's things that people might not even know yeah yeah um like the concept of the gender binary like most things is like a colonialist invention from like colonizers like before people came to the americas um Indigenous folks, like, had different, like, genders going about. There's people who I guess we would consider today transgender or gender variant because Mm -hmm. obviously our terms are different than what it would be in the past. Mm -hmm. But people who um, would not be strictly categorized as male or woman, they were, like, respected in these societies. And in other, like, indigenous societies, not just in the Americas, but, like, throughout history. And it was when 
the white people came in and were like suppressed it because of their whole like puritanical gender roles of like man the woman is from god's rib like all that bullshit like they came and pushed that on people but before that it was a lot like it wasn't like stigmatized much like in mexico there's like mushes which is like people who are assigned male at birth but are like more feminine and Mm -hmm. they just live their life at that and there's like festivals for like mushes in the past and like now i think there's like a vice article on it if you're like interested in reading it's m-u-s m-u-x-e-s but like that's like a group like there's been people who have been subverting gender roles throughout history Mm -hmm. forever they've Mm -hmm. just been constantly been suppressed Mm -hmm. or their history has been erased Mm -hmm. um on purpose because you know if it's if you attack the gender binary you're also attacking racism Mm -hmm. so it's like it's just a big tool that structures our life in so many ways Mm -hmm. so trans people are a huge threat to the the system of the gender binary which is why people don't want trans people to be existing because then that's eradicated and the capitalism is coming into question like everything and then i not to be like oh angela davis but angela davis did say (laughs) and i love angela davis and i did read about her before (laughs) everything yeah because she was one of our professors at UCSC before I went there. Um, I went to one of her talks, and she was like, if trans people like ha- are able to like discredit what's completely considered normal, like they are a threat to everything that capitalist society. Right. Can you imagine just the structures of oppression yeah. that would just crumble immediately? Yeah. I'm right like, then? I'm like, yeah, like other people who are also like other minorities. I'm like, you guys should support trans people because we're like trans people come in all different freaking races ethnicities shape sizes like it's not just like one identity like yeah. there's a whole bunch of overlap so it's like if we all united imagine what we could imagine be. <laughs> imagine but now nah, y'all are just attacking people like that story when i don't remember her name and for that i'm gonna fight myself for but remember i remember during the joy floyd protest they attacked this tra- black trans yes. woman when she was out there fighting yes for George floyd yes and she was attacked by black men yes. and i was like how fucking upsetting (laughs) like and i i think (sighs) and it gets so it's so new i know that's literally it's just (sighs) it's and i it's there's so many things Mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. dissect here i think within minority communities Mm -hmm. i truly feel that the reason why (laughs) i was like yes yes yes. not even talking (laughs) i'm like i feel it i truly feel the reason why within minority groups they're ostracizing what they feel as minority groups within these is because they are trying to assimilate to whiteness Mm -hmm. because this standard of whiteness, Mm -hmm. whatever that may mean for Mm -hmm. any community Mm -hmm. member. I mean, you, it can be the most, you know, the most hotep, the most like, I'm so proud of who I am person. But at the end of the day, I think that is, it's something that's literally, I think is brainwashed. Uh and so instilled in what a, our culture is yeah. depending on whatever culture and i think that's why they're like if i can assert my power and dominance around this person mm-hmm. then i'm better than this mm-hmm. person yeah which makes no sense yeah no sense at all that's an interesting way to view it because that's the that's the only way i can make <laughs> sense of you it you said because <laughs> the way sometimes i view it which is i mean similar yeah but different yeah. in a very way like the way i grew up it's like me being gay or anything related to queerness was seen as being like I was, my mom was like oh being gay or being queer is for white people Interesting. you know yeah so that's the way i see yeah. it so i'm just like i'm like is it because they feel like we're portraying like our I own ethnicities because we're like succumbing to like yeah. whiteness or you know because it's because i've i've seen i've heard both 
both sides both sides where mm-hmm. it's like oh like that's not good like like and then like in mexico it's like you're less of a man if you're gay you know sure. like it's like what defines your masculinity mm-hmm. is that but a lot of growing up was like being gay is only reserved for white people and that's not what people of color are because like it, like white people are always given like the benefit of the doubt or like mm-hmm. given more leeway to like be different you know and it's okay (laughs) yeah but if it's like other people it's like we're already so marginalized you can't want to be don't like compound it yeah so like that that's why i was like oh interesting because i've seen both sides but i could definitely like yeah yeah. i see that side as well yeah i don't know i think that's something that i heard a lot with a lot of my friends who identify as gay and who are minorities Mm -hmm. a lot of the time their parents were like why are you making it harder for Mm -hmm. yourself Mm -hmm. like you already have to do xyz and now you're quote unquote adding something to your face. No, you're, no, <laughs> you're adding another struggle, mm-hmm. I guess is how they feel. But I don't know. I think I I don't know. The only way that it would make sense to me is I'm I'm just thinking that everyone's goal is to be on top. Yeah. And you can't be on top unless someone is at the bottom. So that's why they're ostracizing these people. But it's yeah. it's really a stupid. We literally already said it. If you're standing <laughs> for people for trans women of color, yeah, I am for. I mean this in the least offensive way, but they are at the bottom, yeah, of this oppression, yeah, pyramid. Yeah, and that's <laughs> fucked because they're always the ones on the front lines fighting for everybody, everybody else. They're fighting for everybody else, and then when it's time for the cis white gays to fight back for the trans women, they just like are silent. HRC silence. <laughs> I was like, I hate I, the major like gay orgs. Come for me. Yeah, uh, no, I can totally see yeah. what you mean. It because I mean we've seen it recently. Mm-hmm. I've seen so many cases where there are white gay men mm-hmm. who are super racist, super transphobic, oh, yeah. and I'm just like, do you not know? No, yeah, historically, like the first ever like gay group was in was in response to the lavender scare in the 1950s, where it's like the communist scare, except for like gay people, they like kicked them out of the government, um, and they and around that time they created like the first gay rights group in America, and it was founded by a white cis man, <laughs> and it was called like the Machete Society, and they it was like their whole route was assimilation. They were trying to get rights by being like, hey, we're just like everybody else, like we still will be part of the family, yeah. we'll still be like. We're just like gay, like that's it. But like, accept us. Like, we'll do everything else. We'll be capitalist. Like, yeah. we'll, we'll stick with the nuclear family yeah. and stuff. And it wasn't until Pride, um, or it wasn't until Sonar riots in 1970s that like another huge gay liberation, the Gay Liberation Front, like came out, and that was like a militant, like anti-assimilist mm-hmm. gay group where they were like, we don't want assimilation because obviously the people at the bottom aren't getting anywhere with assimilation because sure. they won't be accepted. Right. They don't have the privilege of whiteness mm-hmm. or being cis to, you know, like the most of the people like, oh, it's just so infuriating. And the movie they made up Stonewall where it was like, I didn't see it. I didn't see it either, but I heard all the reviews. All where, I like, saw was the video of that white, <laughs> the white guy dude throwing the brick. Throwing I was the like, brick, me, like, everybody dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, you're kidding me. But yeah, it's it's it just it just makes me so sad when I meet gay people or bi people, lesbian, anybody who's like in that community mm-hmm. who's not trans mm-hmm. and is like critical of us it's like bro like uh, trans women like if you wouldn't be where you're at if it wasn't for people like us who had nothing to lose or you know and i'm not saying like me because i haven't done anything super fucking radical to like get thrown in jail also i'm scared because like if you get thrown in jail as a trans person that's another story i think yes okay yes (laughs) and also to be thrown in jail as a trans person right now terrifying i cannot imagine i am yeah that's why i'm over here just being like 
wanting to do actions, but also terrified of like the Trump. Because here's the thing. I'm going to go on my history spiel. Mm-hmm. I've been doing a lot of like research on queer history because mm-hmm. I do like a throwback Thursday for my the workplace I work for, mm-hmm. which is an LGBT center. Um, and I've been doing history. And so I was talking about the Nazi book burnings with Michaela mm-hmm. earlier. Asked her if she knew about it, but you did not did because it. of Fresno. Yeah, but I feel Fresno like Fresno history. Uh, Fresno uh, County school education system is doing nothing for me. So, well, shout out, um, <laughs> shout out for doing nothing. Uh, give us nothing, baby. Uh, but yeah, so the Nazi book burnings was, you know, Hitler. He went to go burn stuff, and we usually teach that in high school, mm-hmm. and it's taught it's like cultural things, mm-hmm. but they don't really go into detail like what was burned. Right. And when I was doing my research. I was learning that in Berlin, like in the 1930s, Berlin was like a hot spot for like gay subculture and like they still didn't have the word transsexuals. I mean, transgender. So it was transsexual. So mm-hmm. like a lot of that like activity. So it's like akin to like what we call SF, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, it's all gay or yeah. or parts of New York. It's like though that kind of vibe energy prior to Hitler. So that was what's going on. And that's when the first sex institute on the sex institute was created by Magnus Hirschfeld, who was a sexologist who like did all this research on um, transvestites and transsexuals, and a lot of the terminology we have now comes from him. Mm-hmm. So that stuff, he had like a huge, massive library in that sex institute that had over 30 years of his research, and that sex institute had was the place where it conducted like the first gender reassignment surgeries. He interviewed like so many people on the spectrum. He called them sexual intermediaries, mm-hmm. but it's like a way of saying like gender expansive, gender diverse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all that like like primary documents, photos, like he had photos of these people on his walls, like it was kind of like a museum. Mm-hmm. All that got burned. And it was the first target by the Nazi book burning because Adolf Hitler called Magnus Hirschfeld uh, the most dangerous Jew in Germany because he was a socialist. He was gay. He wasn't out, but people knew because yeah. he was out there. He was gay and he was Jewish. Mm-hmm. Um, so they burned all that history. So and that was in like the nineteen, I don't know, thirties or something. So like, we have a lot of history right. that has literally been destroyed by like fascists because Hitler was threatened by mm-hmm. this research. Mm-hmm. So, and 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 that was like bef- before Hitler came. It was very progressive. It was like some of the best times. And and that history scares me because it really resembles Trump's trajectory yeah you know mm-hmm. like the resurgence of you know how we had Caitlyn Jenner yep. there's been a lot of progress on trans people but now since Trump has been elected the oh, backlash has been whew, it's terrifying mm-hmm. and I live in California and I look white and I'm scared so I cannot imagine how people who live in the south feel mm-hmm. people who are black feel mm-hmm. like it is a very scary time right now and I'm not trying to like make people feel negative but I'm just like wake up Wake up, wake up, America. wake up, and perhaps you know uh, <laughs> care about people. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I don't know if you guys have really been paying attention, but there's also some really big decisions that have been made mm-hmm. recently that you guys should really look into. Mm-hmm. And it's always like slipped in if you're not paying attention. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's not on the news mm-hmm. because you know why would they create news that actually benefits people? No. Why would they do something <laughs> like that? Um, so definitely, I'm not going to make you explain yeah. it. People need to research yeah, yeah, that yeah, for yeah, this. Yeah. So. It's just some fuck <laughs> shit, bro. It's just a mess. I think the most recent thing was from the housing department on changing the standards of, like, on, it was, like, literally guidelines by the department of, like, housing, mm-hmm. teaching shelters how to discriminate against trans women. Like, here are some telltale signs to see who was, like, a trans woman. Like, truly trying to, like, you know what I'm saying? Like how yeah. dehumanizing that is. Yeah. It's like, oh, maybe they're, and also it's like 
fucked up because like there's cis women who are hairy <laughs> like right. that's something that cis women have and it's right. like all these ways of describing it just like i was like if i would have read that and been a trans woman i would have been so like hurt mm-hmm. like so that was the most recent thing i've heard and I, honestly i've been a little too scared to check because i'm like every time something comes out is wild but also there was a good news that happened with the supreme court mm-hmm. which was truly baffling because the person who wrote the majority opinion of this case was the guy who was appointed by donald trump okay it was neil gorsuch it wasn't the other dude who had a huge scandal it wasn't um brett kavanaugh who had the like misconduct scandal it was neil gorsuch who was like this very how do i describe it like very professional conservative who was trying to hold on to his reputation yeah um and yeah, it was like a Title VII case. If you don't know what Title VII is, it's part of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which was passed through, you know, Civil Rights Movement, Howler. <laughs> um, but essentially the case was about, can you discriminate against trans people in employment or all, and also gay people? So it was like the LGBT. Mm-hmm. Um, because the law itself says you can't discriminate somebody on the basis of employment, quote, because of sex. So the whole case is like analyzing the terms because of sex mm-hmm. and what does that describe like, and then the textualist approach would be like, sex just means, you know, the two genders, male, female. Right. Which was the argument that people were scared they were going to make. But mm-hmm. that's the argument they ended up making in, like, the case. This is, like, a very watered-down version, and I could make, like, a two-hour presentation on this. So, like, don't come for me. But in the case, they really, like, used a textualist approach mm-hmm. to get the conservatives to side with them. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of conservatives, because of Antonin Scalia who I don't know if you know who this is, but he's like this very like very well-known Supreme Court justice who died a couple years ago, mm-hmm. who was like one of the most conservative ever. And his legacy is like textualism and be like the letter of the law and like whatever they wrote in the law is what it means. And like, we don't have room for growth because we had to read it at that time period, mm-hmm. like that weird kind of mm-hmm. reading of the law. Mm-hmm. So Neil Gorsuch, the guy who was appointed by Trump was like really obsessed with Antonin Scalia. So the lawyers on this case were like, we can either use this strategy where we focus on textualism and argue that if you're a trans person, you're discriminated because of sex because it's literally why you discriminated right, because like right. literally like if I get discriminated for employment, it's like I got discriminated because of my sex because I'm not <laughs> I don't consider myself a female. Sure. And then, you know, so that's sure. quite obvious. You can't argue that that's not literally what that means, you know, because of sex or it was like a different argument that they've been using for years, a different legal argument, which I wrote a paper on which is, like, sex stereotyping mm-hmm. and trying to use, like, because of sex means sex stereotyping. So, like, you can't discriminate somebody for not conforming to a sex stereotype. Sure. And that's something that's been used in other Title Seven cases, and it's been pretty it – up. it was been upheld in, like, a lot of court cases, but then the lawyers in this case ended up switching it to the textualism because of an article that this, like, LGBT lawyer wrote mm-hmm. um, on this – practice and actually like worked out really well and it was like a majority opinion six to three (laughs) um and it was written by like this really conservative judge and like the language used for trans people was better than the language they used for gay people Hmm. like they used homosexual which is i feel like such an outdated term nowadays Mm -hmm. and it doesn't like cover lesbian people and like bi like they just said homosexual but when it came to like trans people they actually kind of understood some of the language when it came to like neil gorsuch stuff which is like surprising but then i read like a lot of the lawyers on the case were trans themselves so, oh, so, they, knew. so they knew what they were they said <laughs> we have one thing and we know like <laughs> this is what we got and a lot of like trans people interested in law obsessed with title seven cases right. because like employment discrimination sure. we have like the highest rates of unemployment mm-hmm. as like a group and homelessness so it's like a 
death, it's important. It's a survival issue, yeah. you know? So the fact that that case, um, one, was, like, super great, good news, but also it's, like, how good is it because who has the avenue to the law, you know? Because that's something I face as somebody who wants to be a lawyer. It's, like, all these laws are good, but, like, they only help, again, people who have the money to sure. go to court. Like, mm-hmm. all these cases I've been reading, every single time, like, the plaintiff I read is either, like, a white trans person. <laughs> it's always a white trans person <laughs> who has, like, the money to, like, you know, use these anti-discrimination laws. Yeah. So I feel like, yeah, there's a lot of trans lawyers that I read who say, like, laws are okay, but they're not enough. And we had to do, we had to mobilize, mm-hmm. like, for real and, like, materially help people. And also, this is a big, sh- like, shout out if you want to donate to people don't donate to organizations you should donate directly to To people people who are trans i have worked at a few organizations and the funds could be (laughs) distributed better so you should directly donate them because trans people can like decide what helps them the most you know and it doesn't have to be like a deserving kind of thing like are you deserving of this which is kind of gross you know yeah um yeah i mean just going on a tangent no no but that's really important for people to know because i think that's always especially right now i Mm -hmm. think that's what people are so quick to do they're like well i'm gonna do my part i'm going to you know like read and do some of the work yeah by trying to donate but i don't think people realize donating to actual people is really yeah it's so much better because the way that like funds get distributed to nonprofits is very interesting and Mm -hmm. you know Maybe last some transparency. So, you know, I feel like donating directly to people in need, especially people who are, you know, in a really hard position right now. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just like, if you feel bad and want to donate to, like, a white trans person, maybe redirect that money and donate it to a black trans person. Maybe. I will say it. Maybe. Especially I mean, you should. Right now. Especially um, right now. Yeah. I think also if you do not have the funds mm-hmm. to donate, definitely the least you can do if you're on the internet is like repost those posts. Yeah. Um, have as much eyes on that as possible. Mm-hmm. I think that's something like I know. I mean, I don't know how much money I'm going to end up having. I know. <laughs> but I always make sure that I'm reposting because that's literally yeah. the least you can do. Yeah. They say it takes zero dollars yeah. to like repost <laughs> something, but it really does. Um, I think there's so many GoFundMes right now. I know that are specific for black mm-hmm. trans women who need help with rehousing. Yeah. Everyone knows everyone's kind of struggling right mm-hmm. now. But Izzy did mention before trans people do tend to have the highest amount of mm-hmm. unemployment and poverty rates. Am I right about mm-hmm. that? Yeah. So, you know, maybe consider. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, damn, it's rough out here. It really is. <laughs> I was like, woof. Um, I feel like this is obvious, but just as a disclaimer, don't ask trans people about their genitals oh, yes. unless you're dating them. <laughs> Literally. And even then perhaps wait a bit. Mm-hmm. It's just la- just, like, imagine you don't know somebody and they just ask you about the most private part of your body sure. as, like, the first get-go, which is so, like, so frustrating. Oh, my God, so frustrating. Also, don't date, yeah, don't date trans people unless you're, like, prepared. Because <laughs> like, it's, like, I've dated people where they've whew, just told me some things and I'm, like, I should be getting compensated for teaching this person yeah. about transness because I'm, like, I'm doing this here because I'm, like, I'm okay to educate. But yeah. don't just come up to people that you know they're trans and be, like, hey, 
tell me about your life. I think, uh, yeah, I think people really need to also, consider that. Thing, yeah. I think it's just There's like a so lot of other things. People on YouTube I mean, you wouldn't. Who literally have I mean, channels people have answering yeah. all these like most common questions. You know what I'm saying? Like they have. It's like literally out. I watched these before I transitioned. I was like, I can learn from a trans person who's like open to talk about this because they're literally making a video because they want to educate. Like you should look out for those resources because there's so much online. Yeah. There's so much. Um, again, I mean, I feel like I say this for everything. It's the same thing with Black Lives Matter. Same thing with anyone yeah. who's a part of the LGBTQ community. Um, Google. Yeah. Google's yeah. amazing. Yeah, that's very true. Also, yeah, like in all of them, every person who's part of, like in every community, we don't all talk for like the whole community. Sure. You know, like you right. don't right. obviously talk. I'm not, you're I, not the representative nope. for like all black people. Mm -hmm. Same thing here. I'm not the representative for all trans people. So if there's people who disagree with me or what I say, glad to talk to you about that. Yeah. You know, one thing that's been on my mind a lot recently, mostly because it's coming up, is that I'm going to have, I like to say that I was assigned Libra at birth. <laughs> but I'm a born-again Leo <laughs> yeah. because of my transition. So I medically transitioned. Oh, yeah, disclaimer. You don't have to medically transition or go on hormones to be trans. You can be trans and literally do nothing to your body and just say, like, that's defining trans people based on how they change their body is fucked, and that's not the way it goes, and that's not literally, like, no. That's, I just need to throw that out there before people come for me. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to, it's going to be my, like, two anniversaries of my, like, my transition, which is very, made me very happy the other day. So I'm going to be, two years on testosterone on August 9th, and then I got top surgery August 11th, um, a year ago. So it's like, my little it's birthday. birthday. <laughs> yeah, it's my birthday. I'm just like, which makes so much sense, because I'm like, I do feel more confident now, and like, Leos are meant to be confident. Oh, so I was like, damn. They sure are. And I was like, oof. But yeah, that's, that's happening, exciting. and it's just like, it's just like, it's weird, because I'm like, this is the happiest I've ever been, mm -hmm. but in some people's mind, I'm seen as, like, a mentally ill person. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. Like, it's so warped, and it's, like, and, like, I feel like I'm one of the most non-threatening people you probably meet, but then there's, like, this huge, oh, my God, can we talk about J.K. Rowling? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not that I want to give her any more sure. publicity. But let's talk about it. But let's just, I'm, like, what authority does she have? She literally wrote a children's book on, like, magicians. Like, why is she talking about trans people? So, for people who don't know. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> J.K. Rowling, I don't know if she openly identifies as she's a turf. A turf but she's a turf. She is. <laughs> um, for people who don't know what a turf, what does it even stand oh, uh, for? Oh, trans exclusionary radical feminist. Okay, so she has over maybe in the last couple years or so made some tweets, mm -hmm. kind of discrediting the womanhood of trans women. Mm -hmm. She has this whole idea that. Essentially, if you don't have a period, you're not a woman. Yeah, I, that's like one of the main arguments I've seen that she has, yeah. which makes. Yeah, sense. she got so mad that you just say people who menstruate. I'm like, why are you so pressed about that? She, yeah. So recently, she was upset that someone used the term "people who menstruate," and she's like, "La la la, <laughs> you're not a woman. I go through all these things as a woman. Yada yada yeah. yada." So, for people who may not understand why that's not a good thing. Um, going back to the argument of what actually makes a woman and what actually makes a man, you do not have to menstruate to be a woman. That's not in the rule book. Yeah. There is no rule book. Um, so it's a little upsetting for someone to have such this huge platform that's mm. transformed so many people's lives as mm. children yeah. kind of come out with this hate speech and not even be apologetic about it. No. Even a little bit. She thinks she's just championing women's rights so hard. Um, <laughs> 
And I think that's something that I really wanted to kind of go into a little bit more Mm -hmm. is people's argument of like, again, what makes a quote unquote woman, what makes a quote unquote Mm -hmm. man having to do with like anatomy Mm -hmm. and parts. I would say that's so weird, right? Like who wants to be defined by their parts? Like that's not like if you're like describing yourself, you're not gonna be like, yeah, I have a penis. Like that's Mm -hmm. part of my personality. Like that's not the first thing you're gonna describe. (laughs) Like that's the (laughs) right off the back. Like that's not who you are. That's not like that doesn't, it's just so warped. It is, it is really and weird. Th- and going back to that, too, it's like there are cis women who can't menstruate. Yep. And you're validating. There's cis women who can't have children. Yep. You know, there's cis women who have all these issues. Like, also, and it's, you're, you're, what are you saying? They're also not women? Yeah, like you're invalidating those women who probably already feel invalidated because that is, that is the standard of a woman. That mm-hmm. is what people think makes a woman which isn't even and 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 those things are all harmful not just to trans people it's for everybody it's harmful for everybody and i'm like everybody would it'd be harm reduction if we freaking got rid of this Mm because it would help so many people Uh, just so much harshness is like (laughs) based on these stupid like divides of like blue and pink which if people didn't know like 50 years ago pink was literally for boys and blue was for girls so all the like gender and sex is like something that evolves over time and it's never been a static understanding these terms just came to like help with capitalism (laughs) not to be my communist self but i am and it's historically (laughs) a lot of gays are communists so get with the program um it's just so yeah i feel like a lot of this could be resolved if we taught more about this history Mm because it's like like i was showing you there's like this news article from like the 1950s saying like man woman the new like sex and it's about trans people in the 1950s being like this new phenomenon boy woman like uh, that mm-hmm. like so sensationalized and that was god how many years ago math. 70 years ago yeah. 80 years ago yeah. i'm not good at math either <laughs> i was double humanities but that was so long ago but there was like that you could compare that headline to a headline in 2015 about caitlin jenner it's the same, and yeah. we've been here for a very long time but it's just people pretend like we have it mm-hmm. and I'm like, if you're so scared of change, this isn't even change. Like, it's been something that's been here. We've right. just been, it's it's such a weird space to be in. And also, it's weird to know that I'm marginalized in that regard, but also live in a very privileged body. Because mm-hmm. I'm able-bodied. I'm tall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I look like a white man. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's just very, that's a lot of privilege, yeah. you know? So it's like, I know if people find out I'm trans, if that's disclosed, I'm immediately going to be marginalized. Yep. But I, I'm walking with so much privilege that I want to weaponize that privilege to help people who don't necessarily quote unquote pass and will get more harassment by like authorities and shit. And I get shit and I'm like, I look like if I, I was trying to buy alcohol with my ID the other day and my ID isn't updated. Sorry world. So it's a picture of me when I'm like 16, 17. I look a lot different than I do now. It's on my passport. Mm-hmm. I went to go try to buy wine from the Safeway near the freaking LGBT center mm-hmm. in Oakland. I went up with my ID and I was like, all right, it's going to be awkward, but I have a face mask on. So like, hopefully it's not too weird. And then the dude was like, this isn't you. And I was like, oh yeah, it is. And I was like, oh my, this is my birthday. And he was like, no, this isn't you. And I was like, hey. I was like, no, yeah, it is. And I was just like, please. Yeah. I was just getting like cheap ass Cabernet. I was yeah. like, please just let me go with my wine. I'm I causing. Just, I need this $2 <laughs> Yeah. I was it. like, please. <laughs> I was like, it's been a rough day. And he was like, he was like, are you serious? This is you? And I was and he was like, do you get that a lot? And I was like, yeah. And I was feeling bold because he was just like saying stupid shit and i was like yeah i was like haha trans problem you know and he looked at me and then his like jaw dropped <laughs> and he's like oh he's like i'm so like you, you know when you you know because i wanted to make it's it feel like an yo, asshole yeah i kind of wanted to make it feel like an ass because i was like oh you're gonna make me feel bad about myself so i was like oh yeah you know trans problem. and he's like oh his jaw dropped he looked very sad but then he came at me 
with more questions. He's like, can't you get this updated, though? And I was like. You're like, you would think. I was like, yeah. I'm like, but everything's closed. I'm like, also, it takes a process. Like, I was like, it's, it's a process, right. you know? And I was like, and also, everything's closed. And he's like, he's like, did you just make the switch? I'm like, I was like, this man really just asked me. I was like, do I just wake up one day make and look like a man? Because <laughs> he was like so confused that my ID looked different. I'm like, that look at the, it's, it's from five yeah. years ago. Like, obviously, I didn't just make the switch overnight. <laughs> but it's just like. I woke up today. And I'm in like, this is in Oakland, in California, yeah, which right. is like supposed to be, you know. A progressive place. And yeah. I was like m- literally minutes away from like the LGBT center. So I was just like, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and he was just like, oh, I'm so sorry, dude. It was just like, I was like, that, and that's like a, not even that bad of an experience. But I was just like. You just get, like, it's just so weird being trans sometimes. Especially yeah. when your identity documents are not updated. I can imagine. It's not fun. I can't <laughs> imagine. I can't imagine. Yeah. And, I'm, and the bathroom scenario happened to me so many times in at UC Santa Cruz, which mm-hmm. is supposed to be the most liberal university. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I don't like the school I graduated from, so come for me. But that <laughs> happened to me at McHenry. You've been to McHenry, yeah. right? On the first floor of McHenry, it happened to me three times. I wasn't even on testosterone, dude. I just had <laughs> my binder on, and mm-hmm. I had a haircut, and, like, I was going in there to literally change my, like, tampon because I was like, oh, I hate this. And, like, I get dysphoria when yeah, I bleed. Yeah. So I was already having a bad time. And then this woman came into the bathroom, and I was, like, washing my hands. And then she looked at the mirror, looked at me, like, all crazy, looked back at the door, like, so, like, obnoxious. Like, you don't have to, like, make your face look like that. Like, yeah, like, like movie. And then I was just, like, still washing my hands. Like, I was like, I'm not even doing I'm anything. Like, Can I help yeah. you? Yeah, and then she was, like, and then she, <laughs> she was, like, you're in the wrong bathroom. And I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> And then I was just like, I can read. Yeah. And that literally happened to me like two other times. And I was like, mind you, McHenry's bathroom right. for like gender neutral stuff is all the way on in yep. the basement floor. I'm not trying to go all the way there when I had to go pee. And all the bathrooms at UCSC, which is supposed to be like great, the like gender neutral ones are like so far out. So like if you're not able to walk much, you're fucked. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's not very accessible. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, even you think people would get the bathroom thing by now, but even the most basic thing like bathrooms is still like up for debate. Which is gnarly. N- Right? Like, I get anxiety when I have to go pee. Because here's the thing I didn't know about men's bathrooms. Because I always use... I feel like I downgraded. Because women's bathrooms are amazing. They smell good. I don't... You, like, slightly push open the door handle of a men's. It smells like straight-up urine. It's fucking gross. Also, the stalls don't close. And I don't have a dick. I'm okay with that. I don't care. I don't have gender... I don't have to worry about that. So I have to use the stall. (laughs) But a lot of the stalls don't even have locks. So I'm always scared that somebody's just going to, like, open it, and I'm just, like, sitting down, peeing, and be like, oh, this is the day I die, which is not funny, but I'm just like, fuck. That's the way you're dealing <laughs> yeah. with it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, shit. So yeah. it's, and also, dudes, like, who use the stall don't even lock the doors, so they're just, like, peeing. And I try to, like, so I push the stall, and I just see, like, a dude's ass, and I'm like, why are you guys like this? I'm like, why are you all so gross? I'm like, I do miss women's bathrooms. It was also the camaraderie of women's bathrooms. Yeah, it's so sweet. It's, it's so sweet. I miss getting complimented. <laughs> I'm like, damn. I'm like, because like man bathroom, they like do everything to avoid you. Like, I'm not gay. Like, I'm I don't want. I'm not dick, gay, bro. bro. Like, I'm not trying to see nothing. <laughs> but women's bathroom is like, oh, you look so good. And it's just so sweet. I'm like, uh. And then it's also so weird because I feel like now that I look more masculine, mm-hmm. I could be like more feminine, mm-hmm. which now I'm like, it's threatening because men are men are like scary to men that are feminine. Yeah. <laughs> and my whole life I was pressured to be feminine. So now right. when I'm finally comfortable, it's like now. It's not normal. So it's like so like my whole brain is like a uh, 360 trying to navigate like my life as this new person. And it's also being non-binary but looking like a dude. Right. So people don't know I'm non-binary unless I'm like, hey, I use they them pronouns. Mm-hmm. But unless they just assume I'm a trans man, which I have nothing against. Love me a good trans man. But that's not what I am. Right. Um, and that's how my mom also thinks because my mom – 
you know, I was saying undocumented, she's from Mexico. She only speaks Spanish, and my Spanish is not the best. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a very white uh, neighborhood in San Jose. Mm-hmm. We lived on subsidized housing, um, so that's why we could afford that area. Uh, so when it comes to, like, speaking to her about these kind of things, I don't have the language because I grew up in a very white place. Um, that took me out of my bilingual classes because I thought it would do better if I only took English. Mm-hmm. Anger. <laughs> I was like, you motherfucking racist ass people. <laughs> my mom was like, I didn't know any better. Yeah. Um, so when I tried to explain to her that I was like, how, how I came out, I kind of just had to tell her I was a trans guy because that was a lot more easier than being like, I'm not a boy or a girl and right. like I'm living in between. Is, is there a lot of language even? Because I know no, Spanish so is either masculine or feminine. Yeah, which is why they did the whole X thing. Yeah. Which is also just hard to say in general, yeah. you know, and it's seen as like, meh, meh, meh. yeah. So it's, yeah, and, like, that's the thing. I feel like a lot of time, when I was doing research to come out, it was so hard for me to even find, like, articles on how to come out in Spanish being trans. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not a lot of information out there. Mm -hmm. It's, like, really hard. So, yeah, navigating the world as, I guess I'm, like, seen and, like, validated because I like being, you know, perceived as masculine, but also I'm, like, I'm not a man. (laughs) I'm, like, I'm not. I was, like, when I first came out to my mom, she was, like, Cause my, I feel like my big reputation growing up is I hate men. <laughs> That's my thing. That's who I am. That's who I am. My core, like <laughs> you know, like Miss Andre. <laughs> but my, when I came out to my mom, she was like, "I'm so confused." She's like, "She's like, you hate men, yet you want to be one." Like, right. I was like, "Imagine how I feel. Imagine how tired we are." <laughs> I was like, how tired we <laughs> "Yeah." Are. I was literally like, "Imagine how I feel." I was like, <laughs> "Truly a mind warp." But it's 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 so weird because I'm like, damn. I want to write a book. There's probably a whole bunch I of books. I want you to write a but book. But I was just like, it's so weird. It's, Everyone, it's, it's someone weird. started GoFundMe for Izzy. <laughs> just a shamble. A shamble. But yeah, I don't know. My whole thing is I've never been happier than the day that I found out I was like trans. I'm like, truly like, I talk to my therapist now and I'm like, wow, like I look in the mirror and I'm like, that's me. And like, it feels so good. And I'm like, I can't believe people got to live like this, like the majority of their lives. And like, mm-hmm. not until recently do I feel like myself. And Yeah. It's, I'm not ashamed. I'm like, you can call me whatever the fuck you want. You can call me transgender. I'm like, I'm going to live like my best life <laughs> and not hurt anybody, yeah. but you'll be hurting a lot of people. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it's like, it's, it's so weird. And my whole like life goal has been like always fighting for everybody, yeah. you know? And uh, there's a Fanny Lou Hammer quote that always gets in my brain where it's like, nobody's free until everybody's free. That's and that's a very true thing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we all need to go in there. I think, um, you know, I, th- I think playing off some of the same ideals that mm-hmm. people are talking about for like Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. also kind of they can perceive themselves in other mm-hmm. minority groups. It's mm-hmm. like the first thing I was thinking about when we were having this conversation is like as much as people are like, oh, what are you doing for the black community? Yeah. You need to be asking in mm-hmm. interviews like what that company is doing for the LGBT community because you we were talking about it earlier there's a lot of nonprofit organizations who are quote-unquote helping these communities who Mm -hmm. aren't actually doing that Mm -hmm. um so i think as much as you're standing up for other minority groups don't forget about everybody yeah yeah that's very true (laughs) that's good damn also one thing that pissed me off i interned for the un right Mm -hmm. and on my lot on my literal last day one of like the lawyers there i hope she doesn't listen. No shade to her. But she, like, asked me. She's like, can I talk to you, like, on the last day? So I went to her office. She sat me down. She, like, congratulated me for being, like, an intern. Yada, yada. And then she asked me for my unpaid labor. And she was like, how can we make this 
like a place like more welcoming to trans folk. I'm like, you're gonna ask me on my last day, yeah. literally 30 minutes before, as if that's a question I can answer in 30 minutes, right. and not something that is gonna take a shit ton of time. Right. And of course, her and first thing was like, we changed the bathrooms, and I'm like, girl, <laughs> I was like, that's the worst thing you're gonna that's think of. That's the least you can do. Yeah, that human nature. And I was providing like, providing a bathroom. Yeah, I was like, business. I was like, not you asking your very unpaid not very well for paid consultation work yes i was like on no, the last day. on the last day and like, we know we didn't make your experience good yeah. but please tell yeah. us how yeah. for free how yeah. we can make everyone yeah. else's experience and then working good. at the un <laughs> whoo uh, they got no power <laughs> that's about it y'all um hopefully they don't fire me. i mean they don't i don't even work for them anymore <laughs> but they'll still have my references i did love my supervisor so shout out to her she was very sweet um <laughs> but yeah it's just like don't if you're gonna ask how you can help trans people or like if you want a trans person to like help you compensate them yep. give them enough time don't make this as like a game or you know how like we're talking a lot about like black lives matter and you know how like when people go to city councils and then the representatives go like oh we'll make a a team about it or like we'll make a we're looking into it like that yeah. bullshit like we need to follow up with that because yeah. they always say we're looking in but they don't ever do anything yeah i definitely agree yeah i really feel like we're in a time where we we really can get a lot done if we really tried. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't I hate to like generalize and lump everything mm -hmm. together and like let's fix everything, yeah. but like let's. Yeah. Like <laughs> why why sh why should it yeah. be? Um I definitely feel like if you guys have questions on how you can support again, Google, um I don't even know. I'm trying to like wrap this up with a bow but i how I can know. you it's, it's, it's not completed it's never gonna be completed work uh i think people are always learning um and again a lot of information isn't out there because it was destroyed yeah. so that's something that you should also look up to um is there anything else uh i don't know i like being trans <laughs> Being trans is good. Yeah. It's great. You're yeah. lovely. Whoever is trans listening to this, I love you. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I just, my message is like, I don't know, just don't see transness as like a disease mm -hmm. or like as a bad thing. Obviously, the most like bare minimum thing I could ask. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I just feel like people need to acknowledge the history that trans people have been fighting for everybody and they need to, you know, reciprocate that energy yeah. back to us. Um, Cause I'll fight for I don't want anybody to be pressed either. And like you're, I feel like all all oppression is interconnected. Mm -hmm. You know, we always talk about intersectionality. Like if we tackle the gender binary, that's gonna be tackling race. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be tackling this. It's like we could destroy it all if we just learn to accept the differences between us and like go against the ruling class, like Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk and all that stuff. Also, fuck Elon Musk. I would love to end it with that. <laughs> And cut, cut the camera. Not him, cut all pronouns suck. I'm like, oh, you suck, bro. I want to thank Izzy so, so much, so, so much for coming on. Literally, since you live 10 minutes away, <laughs> you can come on whenever you want. If you guys have questions for Izzy, let me know, and I will pass it along to them. Do you want to drop, like, do you have any plugs? Do you want to drop, like, your cash app, your Venmo, <laughs> your GoFundMe? No. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I wanted to thank Izzy so, so much for coming on if anybody has any specific questions for izzy let me know and i will pass it along to them 
Um, if you have any questions for me, I don't know anything, but again, I'll just pass it along to Izzy. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much, everyone who's listened to this first little season. I will be back in probably like a month. I'm just tired right yeah. now and I need a little break. Um, so I will update everybody when I'm going to be starting up again. Um, thanks so much, Izzy. Yeah. Thank you for having me, for letting me have the space to talk. Any, I appreciate literally it. Literally, <laughs> if you want to just come and have the <laughs> mic in your face, it <laughs> brings like a therapeutic vibe a little it's bit good. So. I like yeah it's like this voice Ooh. <laughs> yeah all right i will i guess i'm not gonna talk to you guys in a while but uh thanks for listening make sure you listen to the other episodes share with your friends all that other stuff uh bye everybody